0: Miss Systemomics.
1: Miss Systemomics is a weekly podcast that focuses on the three E's. Educating, encouraging, and empowering listeners on how to live their best authentic life. I'm your host, Ashley Natrice, and let's start the show. What's up, beautiful people? It's your girl, it's your host, Ashley Natrice, and welcome to episode 19 of the Sister Talk with Miss Sister Namas podcast. I am extremely excited for the episode today because I am doing a mesh up with After Five podcast. Yes, that is the podcast that my brother hosts, Nathan, with his co host, Alex, and we decided to do a mesh-up episode this week because Alex got married. Um, he's enjoying some time off with his new wife on their honeymoon. And I thought it would be a great, you know, end of the year type of episode to bring my brother on. So you guys, as my listeners can get to know me a little bit better, get to know my brother. And I was thinking who better to have a sister talk conversation with than my little brother. And, um, I think you guys are gonna really enjoy it. You're gonna get an opportunity to hear a little bit more about our sibling relationship. I'm telling y'all, at the beginning, you probably are thinking like, are these two people ever gonna get their selves together? Because we do a lot of sibling talk, lots of laughter, lots of foolishness in the beginning, but that's just a part of our personality when it comes to our relationship. And then we go into... Things that we've learned about each other over time, the differences in our personalities, how we had to cope with that when we were younger, now that we're older, how those things have changed, how our sibling relationship has evolved over time. Um, so we decide to get a little bit more serious uh, towards the end of the podcast episode as well. And if you check and see, this is actually a pretty long one. And it's because we covered a different range of topics. We had a really good time talking, y'all. We had a really good time just being on the podcast, sharing with each other, um, and just going through some of the trials and tribulations that happen as you are growing older and maturing, and your own your own individual journeys of becoming better people. And we talked about you know different scenarios that have happened in our life, and our family life that have. Really affected how we deal and interact with each other, some of the good, some of the bad. And then we have a very interesting conversation on friendships because I think at the core of my brother and I's relationship, we're friends, we're homies. Like when he calls me, it's, what's up, homie? Like that is my brother, but he is my friend as well. And that's the thing that we can always circle back to at the core of our relationship. We are friends and we truly like and love each other. I have his back, he has my back. And of course, we're gonna have our differences. You hear about some of our stubbornness. You hear about some of our moments where, we just needed to get ourselves together and we did not act in the most mature way possible. But hey, what sibling relationship doesn't go through some ups and downs? And we were transparent and shared that with you guys. So I really, really hope you all enjoy this podcast episode. Uh, we're getting down to the end of the year and not this week, but next week is gonna be the last episode of, of the year of 2018. And you all, I have something coming out that I am so, 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 so excited to share with you. It is a big announcement that will be coming. I think I'm gonna let you guys in on what's going on on the episode next week. So just stay tuned, make sure you are subscribed, make sure you are sharing the podcast with your friends, with your family. If you like something that is said on the podcast, Tag me, let me know, put it in your Instagram stories. Tag me at Ashley underscore Natrice on Instagram. I am Mrs. Sanomis on Facebook. You can find all my social media handles in the show notes. Let me know what you guys think. DM me, I love getting messages from you all. I love getting your feedback. Make sure you just let everyone know about the podcast, the Sister Talk with Mrs. Sanomis podcast. We are on all major um, platforms that you can get podcasts. And I'm just so grateful, so thankful for the support that I've gotten thus far. This has truly been an amazing 2018 for me. And I cannot wait to level up to a new and higher height in 2019 But again, exciting, exciting, exciting announcement coming next week. So make sure you're tuned in. And because next week is going to be the last podcast episode to follow up on the 20th, which is that Thursday after, I am going to be going live on my Facebook fan page. So again, that's Mrs. Sonomis. I'm gonna be going live at seven o'clock to let everyone know about what's going on. So you guys that are listening to the podcast today... You know something's coming down the pipeline. If you tune in next week, I think I'm gonna go ahead and let you know what's going on. And then I may add a little bit more sauce to it on the 20th when I go live on my Facebook page. But make sure you're following me on there. You're following me on all social media platforms. Your girl has picked up the Twitter fingers a little bit more here lately as well. So my Twitter handle is gonna be in the show notes. Check me out, follow me. Like the page, tell a friend to tell a friend because 2019 and what I've got in store for you guys, you do not want to miss. I am telling you the topics, the guests, it's going to be fire. It's going to be fire. And I want to make sure that you all are ready to hear it, to get your 2019 on a great starting point so you can reach your goals your dreams your aspirations you can get your mind together your money together your relationships work on your forgiveness I mean we're just going to be living our best life okay in 2019 and I can't wait to see what that looks like so I have talked enough I am super excited to have you guys listen to this conversation that I have with my brother here we go what's up homie
0: we're shaking beloved
1: you and this beloved word i don't understand what this is about Yo. <laughs> where did this come from
0: you i'm trying to stop saying nigga <laughs>
1: so, we just so. had a full-blown conversation people about him not using this word on the podcast I'm saying, and we' not even a minute, we're not even thirty seconds in, and you already not following the rules.
0: what I'm telling you is you asked me what is up with me in that word I'm saying i i've I've learned to start using it as a placeholder in you know instead of using the word that you told me I couldn't say, so that what i'm you mean you get what I'm saying, oh,
2: help us, father, help
0: us, I mean, Lord. I forgot, you know, <laughs> this ain't over after five.
1: Here on, over here on Sister Talk, we like to keep it PG-13. Now, we keep it real, but we like to keep it PG-13.
0: You might and have to put there- a parental advisory on the cover <laughs> of this junk. <gent. laughs> Cause over at the After 5 podcast <laughs> yeah. Oh my in, And
1: I posted already On Facebook that we having this conversation And all the saints are gonna be Tuning in and so I'm like Oh right. lord
0: What? First of all bro I don't even know why you put it on the book Why not Because
3: That's
0: I See I can't do no pubbing On the book because
1: No because you're inappropriate sometimes, and you say First of all, things. No, I'm not
0: know. inappropriate. I keep it a stackington. That's what we do. We keep it a you stack.
1: Say, you say things on your podcast that may get you a few sad eyes, but you know that's who you are, and you know you're living your best life. And uh, I'm the true I mean, missionary in the family. And, yeah,
3: you, know.
0: you gotta live your <laughs> truth, so can't nobody use your truth against you. That's what that. That's right. what
1: I'm saying. You know I get in your car and you bump in Twenty One Savage. You get in my car and I'm listening to a uh, Kirk Franklin. You know, so I mean, I listen. To, I
0: listen to Kirk Franklin on on like Sundays and stuff.
1: I know you do. I know you yeah. do. You <laughs> should have the Lord in your life every day. Every day, you need to be spending a long time with Him every day.
0: I mean, I you know <clears throat> that's that's my guy. You feel me? Like. <laughs> We not strangers. I'm, we we got a real good relationship. You feel me? We kick it on the regular. It's just I know y'all do. I know you know y'all do. you gotta. I express myself in different ways. You, you feel yeah, me?
3: Yeah, we're, we're
1: two different people.
0: Yeah, clearly.
3: Yeah.
1: Clearly, <laughs> I can't stand you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, i just being real.
1: Anyway, so we're doing the mesh-up episode. We thought it would be a good idea to let our respective listeners in on our sibling relationship and see how we interact and have conversations and disagreements and
2: we don't really know where this conversation is going to go but
3: I'm just preparing y'all
0: now man it might go left but it's going to get back right
2: Oh, yeah, I got to bring it up.
0: <laughs> but just know, it might go left a little bit. So if you're off your images, uh, I get what would be the phrase to use on Sister Talk? Uh, pray for us. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I ain't that churchy now.
0: <laughs> pray for us. I know
1: pray for us. I mean, we do need prayer,
2: but don't be taking us to big free.
0: I listen, to, uh, I listen to your podcast. I don't even remember what episode I was listening to. I was like, man, I don't think she going to ever let me be on this joint. <laughs> 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 they having like <laughs> different level conversations on here.
1: Yeah, We like to keep it real and deep over here on Sister Talk. We like to have the conversations that other people don't have, you know. That's what it's all about. And then yeah, you guys. You and Alex, man, I have to like pace myself with y'all because y'all talk for so long. I'm like, how did y'all talk for that long? I mean, y'all episodes be hour and a
0: half, two hours. Yeah, I mean, I guarantee you, unless you have a time stopper on this on this episode, you will understand why. Like every time we have a guest, they be like, "Yo, I don't understand like how y'all can get together every week and talk this long." And then we'll have like a guest, like uh, shout out to my boy Scoop. Scoop was our first guest; he's our podcast manager, and like he used to always be like, "Yo, how do y'all record so long?" And then when we had him on the episode, we recorded a two and a half hour episode.
3: Let's see, after it was
0: mm-hmm. edited, and then we had to edit it even more. So it's like, you know. It just be like that, man. That's how it be.
1: My
2: intentions, man. can't last that long.
0: I, I I understand, man. But before we jump into it, yo, I got to give a shout out to my co-host, my normal co-host, AC. He got married this past weekend. He is currently on his honeymoon. Uh, but he did want me to tell you what's up. He wanted to say thank you for letting us do this mashup in his absence. Uh and we got some more good stuff coming for everybody for the rest of the month of December but uh yeah I definitely want to give him a shout out man big big steps he he closed on the house got married almost a month later uh and so shout out to AC man
2: he's doing the big
0: yeah man he he uh, you know he's a different uh level oh okay well uh, he's a different level of beloved
1: Oh. <laughs> oh Lord, help us! I told Mama, I said, you know me and Nathan gonna do the podcast episode, and you know she's all excited. Oh, that's gonna be great and wonderful. I'm like Mama, me and Nathan <laughs> gonna do a podcast episode. And I told Daddy, and you know him, he's like, oh well. Just make sure y'all don't be out there saying nothing too much, you know. Y'all still Harlan's. <laughs> like, oh, that that's
0: why I don't know why you even put this on the book, because now folks going to be trying to come to my podcast and they're going to be running back telling him. <laughs> i would be like, look. <laughs> look, my G.
2: Oh, yeah. He's going to be like, look.
3: Nathan. I
0: mean, it is what it is, man. It
3: is. It is. You can be
0: a guest on there, Jeff. I like her. I mean... We- <laughs> We still Look, at the end of
1: the running. day, Nathaniel and Patricia know they children. Yeah. They know our they know our um strengths and our weaknesses. So I'm sure they will not be surprised by anything that goes down on after
0: five. Yeah, so just as a dis- a disclaimer, you feel me, for all the folk you know on Ashley Facebook and stuff, my parents <laughs> know I cuss. <laughs> So, like, don't thank you, slick. you know, going back and telling them, yo, I listened to that podcast and that Nathan, <laughs> He can cuss. I I don't know if Trishanne and Nathan, you know, they know. <laughs> they know my G. <laughs> they know. But I mean, it is what it is. Uh, since it doesn't seem as though Ashley is going to do a formal introduction. My name is Nate. You feel me, aka Broke Boy Nate B, aka the famous Jet Traps.
2: You know, Uh, but
0: I am one half of the After Five podcast. Your after your after work vibe, um, and I am here today with my sister on her podcast entitled Sister Talk. With uh, what are you going by these days?
1: Oh, you you don't even know the name of the podcast, Sister Talk with Miss Sisternomics.
0: I ain't know if you was going by Miss Sisternomics or Trees or you feel me, your government. I ain't you feel me. I ain't know. Mm-mm. My nickname is changing every week.
1: Yeah, I'm not you though. I like to keep it very, you know, simple, straightforward. Let people know where to find me. Um. But yeah, you have a lot of names, but I just call you Nathan and that's what we're going to stick to on the podcast. And if you would have allowed me to introduce you, then you would not have had to say that. But because you like to be the uh, dominant person in this sibling relationship, they can already tell how things go. You know, you just jump out there and you just say whatever and then I have to reel you back in a little bit
2: they're going to get a real true look inside of Ashley and Nathan today, I think. I don't know so, if that's
1: a good
0: thing or a bad thing. Right. I was going to say, so is that that's what we're talking about? <laughs> like, is that what we're talking about on uh, this episode of Sister Talk? Ashley and Nathan's relationship?
1: Sure. Let's talk about it.
0: So, I mean, where do we start? Um, I've been the same since they cut the cord. When they cut the cord. (laughs) 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 (laughs)
3: Lies!
1: We're not even (laughs) 15 minutes in.
0: (laughs) You are not telling the truth. Uh, I've been a real stand-up guy all my life. Never snitched. You feel me? You know... I, I nice. slick been like top three best little brothers of all time. Mm. It's like me, T.J. Henderson from Smart Guy,
3: <laughs>
0: and the little brother off Deso Raven.
1: I mean, of course you gonna put yourself in the top three. Now you <laughs> ain't been. You've been a really good little brother. You ain't always been the. Uh... Let me see. We keep we keep each other secrets, you know. But you do like to get me in trouble sometimes, but I think that's just a sibling thing. You like to, you like to poke the bear. I'll say that, like, because you are my brother, you know my points and you like to poke them and you like to, you know, just keep going and keep going and keep going. And then, you know, you know how to make me explode that's what you're here for. But since I've been going to therapy, which I know you hate when I say that. Since I've been going to therapy.
0: But you might know. be ready to drop them therapy words on no, you.
1: No, no, man.
2: Problematic.
0: I told- <laughs> um, you should not I, I use ableist it, right? terms. I'm like, bro, I don't even know what an ableist term is. Like,
3: I ain't talk never to said me it. like a
0: regular person, man.
1: I've never said that. You're making it up.
0: You have said
2: problematic. I probably have. See, I probably have. But Dictionary words.
1: I mean, you're smart. You have a whole accounting degree. You are not out here not understanding big dictionary words, so don't play me. But one of the things I will say that I enjoy about our relationship is the fact that I think we've been able to evolve over time from a Probably on my end, more of a big sister protective deal to me having to watch you grow from a boy into a man and allow you to make your own decisions and allow you to fail if you need to fail and allow you to make mistakes and to grow. And for me not to always try to jump in and tell you what to do because I'm used to being the leader because I'm the oldest. I'm used to saying, Nathan, let's do this and let's do that. And having to, you know, understand we're both grown now and that that relationship has changed. I'm still working on a few areas, but I think, you know, overall, I've adjusted pretty well. As a big sister.
0: You've adjusted, you know. I'm, I'm happy to say that you have adjusted. I mean, it's it's been an adjustment uh, on both ends because in a lot of ways, our personalities have kind of swapped. Yeah. So it's like it. what you mean? learning. What you mean?
1: What you mean about our personalities?
0: I mean, so when we were younger, like, you know, I always was the jump out the window type of guy. Like,
1: oh yeah, you're a full blown <laughs> extrovert.
0: That was me. <laughs> that and, was uh, you.
3: That's still you.
0: Yeah, but it's it's me. It's 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 a different type of me. Uh, and I think as when we was younger, yo, you used to hate it. Like you used to, I you used to embarrass me. you.
1: You embarrassed me. You, you
3: know, used to not really rock I with
1: was, that. When I was in fifth grade. <laughs> And remember you thought you were Elvis and you like slid across the floor and you were in kindergarten and everyone was clapping for you. And they gave you the mic and you were like, that's my sister up there. And everybody turned and looked at me and I just wanted to melt. I'm like, oh my gosh.
3: Yo,
0: you got me sounding mad corny right now. <laughs> I just
1: <laughs> You had like the whole school, all eyes on you because you just were always that very
0: Man, uh, imagine imagine if Swag Surf would have been out during that time. I would have had that whole
3: shaking. <laughs> three.
0: My bad. My bad. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> my bad. My bad.
1: Of the podcast. We're definitely going to have to put
2: the disclaimer on
0: here. But, uh... Yeah, man, it's like you, so in that moment, I guess as a child, I wasn't really aware of that. As I got older, I was aware of how some of the things that I did and how so much of the, I don't want to say spotlight, but a lot of the attention that I drew simply because that was my element. And so for somebody like you, where that's not necessarily your element, like I think as I got older, I started to see how in some ways, it affected you because you weren't, you weren't like that. Mm. And I don't, I don't know what your experience was, but I, you know, sometimes it's like, bro, why is it that everything I do, like somebody, somebody has something to say about literally everything I did. And of course, you know, I put myself out there, but it's like, I remember I was like 17. 17. And it was like, I was getting, I could not stop getting pulled over. (laughs) And it's like, before I could even tell mom and daddy that I had got pulled over, somebody had already told them. I'm just like, bro, why why y'all care so much about, like, I don't know, man.
3: It's like when you put yourself
0: out there.
1: Well, I think... Growing up, because you did have such an outgoing personality, and because we're, especially when we were younger, we were pretty much complete opposites. I was more reserved, stuck to myself, and most people probably thought I was shy, and I really wasn't shy. I just was a loner. You know, I just could do things by myself, and I was very independent. Whereas you have the personality that you feed off of being around other people. that's what you enjoy doing when you got into high school. You are never at home. You know you were always ripping and running on the go with your friends and things like that. but that's who you were. But for me, I hung out with my friends but I hung out with the same friends, and I stuck to myself for the most part. We were both very popular in high school, so you know that came with its own set of issues, but outside of that, I think. As adults, you still have a very outgoing personality, but you are settling into yourself and you're allowing people to see a more calm and reserved side of you. And for me, I'm still a very reserved, independent, cute to myself type of person. But now I'm more comfortable in my skin and allowing people to see more of the personality that probably my close friends and family see behind closed doors. Now I'm more outgoing and people can see that side of my personality. So I think we just kind of balanced out a little bit more as we got older.
3: Yeah, I can agree with that.
2: So how do you think, um,
1: as we have gone through the ups and downs in life, dealing with different things. I think for me, I had to learn how to not depend upon you in a way that we're close siblings and we're friends as well. And I don't think everyone can say that. Like we actually really like each other and enjoy each other's company. But I think as other people have entered into our lives throughout Maybe like the five, last five, six years, it has been an adjustment, I think, on both of our ends for us to be able to allow the space for other people to come in and be comfortable enough in our sibling
2: relationship to allow those people in our lives. That has been an adjustment for us. We had to work at that.
3: Yeah.
1: Because we're used to having each other to ourselves at different stages in our lives and used to having the ability to rely upon each other for different things. And I think one of the things I have learned going to therapy and having different conversations, like I've had on the podcast with people, is that you've got to allow your relationships with people to evolve and they're not going to always look the same way that they once used to look like. And if you're always constantly trying to hold on to what once was, then you're not really appreciating what you have now. hmm
2: Would you agree?
0: Yeah. I think a lot of it is you don't know what you don't know until you go through something. And it's like, uh. Um, as much as things change and you're not prepared for things to change, things really don't change. They, they, they really continue to stay the same. And by that, I mean. There are certain. Uh, there are certain things that are just not going to change in our relationship. But I think over the course of me growing into the person that, you know, I'm I'm becoming and you growing into the person that you are becoming. One of the things that we had to learn is that relationship is going to remain in place. What may not remain in place is how that relationship shows itself.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: There was a time where, you know, me and you could easily talk, you know, two, three, four hours about, you know, just about anything. But as different people come into your life or different experiences or different things happen, it starts to change and it's like I know for me, you know, I felt I probably felt the first major change in our relationship when after I pledged Really? Yeah, well, I take that back that was probably that was probably when it was most visible I think the first change that I saw was when me and Keno started Brother to Brother because Brother to Brother was as important to me and still is, but in a different capacity as, you know, my family. So when you got, you know, a group of 20, 30 guys who literally depend on you for just about everything and you're trying to balance that at 20, 21 years old, with your family and the relationships that you have with your family changing, it's like you know that was when I first stopped being able to really come home as much. That was when I first started to have to make decisions on okay, if I come home for this, if I have to be back for something, I got to be back because you know not only are my is my family dependent on, on me for certain things, but these guys some of who don't some of which who don't have a family some of them who you know, don't have a father. And for a lack of better terms, like we were father figures to a whole lot of these guys who had never had a male really care about them.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So the responsibility of that and feeling like I had to choose between the two, like it was definitely an adjustment and I could see how it kind of changed I'm not going to say it changed. It tweaked our relationship. And then I think it started to change our relationship between the two of us after I pledged. Because then it was like, now I have something else.
3: Like Mm -hmm. I already had this
0: one thing that didn't include, you know, you. Now I have this other thing. That also doesn't include you. And it takes up even more of my time and even more of, you know, that emotional space that you and I kind of used to share. Because it was like I went from having an older sister and that was it. So I had an older sister and eight other brothers. Mm -hmm. And it was like. How how do I balance this relationship, how does this relationship work? And I didn't even realize it until, you know, things started to happen and you started to see, you know, how certain things, how certain people reacted to certain things. And, you know, it just kind of let me know, hey, our relationship is not where it used to be. And I had to, you know, I had to become okay with that.
1: Yeah, I think probably one of the biggest differences between us is when I graduated from college, I moved back home. Yeah. Which I don't I haven't gone into that whole story yet with the listeners, but when I graduated from college, my number one priority was to buy a house. And all of you all knew that from the jump. I I don't know when I started seeing I wanted to buy a house, but that was like the number one thing that I wanted to be able to do. So for me, I sacrificed living out on my own for probably
2: man, how long did I live with mom and daddy? Let me see. I broke ground on the house in what twenty fifteen and moved
1: in. The house was done twenty sixteen. So I moved back home and lived with my mom and daddy for six years
3: Mm -hmm.
2: because I graduated from college in 2010.
1: And so when you graduated from college, you stayed in Chattanooga, which you still are there today. And I think that difference played a part in our lives because it went from the four of us doing everything to, the three of us doing everything, but you were in Chattanooga and we didn't really see you until you came to Chattanooga. Now I'll say I came to Chattanooga and hung out with you. But I think that dynamic of me being with our parents 24 seven, all the time and whatever they felt about, you know, what you had going on and some of it they just didn't understand because they didn't pledge. They didn't do that type of stuff when they were in college. So a lot of it was me feeling like I was kind of in the middle of helping them to understand this new change in your life while also trying to adjust to that change. Cause I knew what it looked like, you know, I knew it, how it went. And so I think that was a key factor in the shift in our relationship Because we did not, as the three of us, looking back, I don't think we thought you had enough balance between the two. But in reality, you had the balance that you needed. And that's Mm -hmm. what it served you and it didn't serve us at that point in time. You know, I can look back and say, because as a family unit, three of us did not feel like we were getting what we wanted out of you and what we felt like you should just instinctively know, Oh, well he should know to come home or he should know to call or whatever it is because you really have a, a different personality than the three of us. Yeah. Like my personality is a lot more like our parents' personality, They're homebodies. They are To really independent people, although they function together very well as a unit, as a couple, they can go and do their own thing and they're perfectly fine. And that's how I, and they don't have to be surrounded by people. But you feed off of people. And so that was something that I think. As I understood what you were going through or tried to understand what you were going through and the changes that you were making and then trying to help them understand the changes that you are making, and sometimes, you know, still making now, it adds a different factor into our relationship, because I have to be the older sibling to you, but I'm also the oldest kid, and so there's a responsibility. They still feel like, well, that's your little brother, so you need to make sure that he's good, you know? So that would yeah. probably Play a big part in that shift, and then I think probably on my end, outside of you going to college, the other shift that happened was when I had the AVM. I think that was a huge shift in our relationship as well because it had such a dramatic effect on the family not just the four of us, but on our families as a whole, um, because it was just so much that happened that I just am not still aware of. And I think that had a, um, that played a part in
2: where our relationship is today. Yeah.
0: Cause I mean, I think the AVM is definitely probably, you know, I said brother to brother and pledging was probably the first time. And then I guess the largest, I'm not going to say change, but it was like a paradigm shift. in our relationship was uh, when the AVM happened, because um, I don't know if you remember, but the night before you had your AVM. That was the first time you and I had talked in about seventy two days for real I don't even remember, yeah, I don't even remember what i I just remember I was very angry with you, and you were angry with me, so we just we didn't talk, we didn't speak
1: so we're stuck. and uh that's one that's one yeah. aspect of our relationship that I think we've worked on when we get upset with each other. We are stubborn and we won't talk to each other at yeah. it all. It's like, forget him. <laughs> hey, you talk to That's, your brother? That's mama. Have you talked to your brother? No, you gonna call him. No. And yeah. I know it's probably the same thing on your end. We are very stubborn people when it comes to fixing our issues. But I I, you know, my memory is not that great. So I don't remember yeah. what. What happened? Ain't no probably some pity. Ain't no telling what it was.
0: Yeah, I don't remember what it was. I just remember. <laughs> I remember you. Know, you every
1: two days though, Nathan. Are you exaggerating?
0: No, I'm dead serious. Let me tell y'all, I,
1: Nathan likes to exaggerate sometimes. So are you? Are you adding some sauce to it?
0: I'm dead serious, and I'll tell you how I know because you called me. And we probably talk for like an hour and a half. And the reason I remember it so vividly is because it was almost like a weekly thing. Like it was almost weekly when I would talk to mama or I talk to daddy. And then like Wayne would almost ask me like every other day, have you talked to your sister? And I just consistently, I'd be like, nah, I'm straight. <laughs> I'm straight on that. <laughs> so it's like the night you called me. I don't, it was like as soon as we got back on the phone, everything was cool. Like we talked for like an hour and thirty oh, yeah, minutes. And I remember she, you know that's yeah
1: that's our relationship. And so
0: she and I, yeah. so she and I had a conversation after you and I got <laughs> off the phone, and we I just remember us talking about you know she was like so are y'all back good and I was like you know I think we're back good man I think. You know, things will get back to normal. And literally the next day uh, was the, uh, what's it called? The solstice, the, uh, oh, when the, the eclipse. When the, yeah, the eclipse. So that next day was the eclipse. I was like, man, I don't know what I'm going to do for the eclipse. And I started to text you that morning to be like, Yo, are you going to go out to see the Eclipse? But, you know, shit happens. And so it was like when everything went on to happen the way that it happened, that you've already, you know, pretty much said on the podcast. When I got the call, it shook me. It probably shook me the hardest um, that I've kind of been shaking in a long time just because I kept thinking about the fact of had you not called me that night before we would have been 73 days without speaking. And it's like, so at that point it was like, Oh did like this is, this is serious. Like it was like a wake up call for me and kind of how I deal with things. Cause you know, you know me like, I'll, I'm cool until a certain point and then once I get at my point I'm done and nobody can get me from being undone except for me right and so I know myself and if we had not talked for that long if you would have texted me or called me and apologized if I wasn't ready to be done it wasn't gonna be done
1: I don't know Because I'm glad you you pointed that part out. I called you because I probably was sitting there like, you know what? Let me call this little, you know, (laughs) probably said in my head. I'm tired of this because, you know, I don't really like to be in conflict with people. I'm the person that I will stick to my guns for so long. But if I love you and I care about you, I just get to the point where I'm like, you know what? I can't do this anymore. I'm not a grudge holding person. I'll be stubborn up to a point then I gotta let it go. I I gotta fix it. And so I probably reluctantly did it, but I'm like, he ain't gonna call me. So let me call him and see what it is. And we, you know, hashed out whatever it was. But
2: I think that AVM thing
1: was... It was big for me because growing up, I think because you got a lot of attention and because you were the center of the family, really, with a lot of us, you know, just in general with our extended family, because you do have a very outgoing and loving personality, you know, you have a warm personality, you the person that people want to be around, They know, they're going to have a good time, right? And with me having a different type of personality, I don't think I ever really felt like, do people really mess with me? You know what I'm saying? Like, do people really like me? Do people really want to be around me? You know, I had my close friends that I knew they felt that way. But overall, in a family sense, I didn't really have that feeling. Like I had certain people in the family that I knew loved and cared about me and I had great relationships with, but everyone else, I was a little iffy about them. And Mm -hmm. so when the ABM happened to me, it was a wake up call for me to be grateful for people in my life and, you know, for me to allow people to show up in my life and for me to allow them to love me and for me to allow myself to love them regardless of what happened in the past. But I think it was a shift because you weren't here when I was recovering. And so we had our own issues after that because I felt like, well, you don't understand because you were not here to see everything that I had to go through. And I think for you, it was difficult because you weren't here. To see everything that I had to go through, so it was like a, a relearning of each other because I was relearning how to be myself. You know, I had to relearn how to to be Ashley again, and so during that process, everyone around me had to learn how to interact with me differently as well. Um, but I think that was just a testament to the strength of our foundation as brother and sister. Because it really could have been one of those things that although we had made up and although you were scared because you didn't know what was going to happen and I was scared because I didn't know what was going to happen, we could have come out of that situation in a very different space than what we did if we didn't have such a solid foundation starting off.
0: Yeah. And it's kind of, you know, it, it was a catch-22 because it's like – I. It's not that I didn't want to be there. It was one of those situations where, like, I literally, my job literally was like, hey, (laughs) you You got to come back.
1: You got to get back. But during that time, I didn't really know what was going on. I think it was more so after I became aware of something is different. It's almost like I became a child again, you know? So I wanted, It wasn't mama and daddy. I wanted my mommy and my daddy. I wanted my brother. You know, I went back to being a five-year-old in a lot of ways. And so I wanted who I wanted and I wanted them then because my instincts and stuff kind of kicked in a different way and my senses were a lot more heightened than they normally are. And so I just... All I could think was, you know, I want my mama, I want my daddy, and I want my brother, and I want my grandmama, you know. Yeah. So that was it. I'm like, everybody else is cool, um, and I wanted my aunties and my uncles and my close cousins and my friends, too, you know. But the I, I don't know if primal is the right word, but that core group of people that you live with, you know, that's who I. that's who brought me comfort. And because you weren't able to be here, you know, I was like. I didn't quite at the time know how to process you not being here as much as everybody else. Yeah. So then I would get upset with you. And so I think it turned into like a little bit of a blame game and a guilt trip on you for something that you had no control over, but because I couldn't process what was going on, that's all I knew that that was all that would bring me comfort, you know? Yeah. I did it. Yesterday though, we started talking about the friendship thing. You remember us talking about that? Yeah. I wanted to talk about that on the podcast because I, I think it was some good realizations between the conversation that we had.
0: Yeah. I, I think so, too. And I think a lot of times friendships are tricky as you get older. Like when you think about friendships, when you think back to like your most basic friendships, right? They were based on trivial things. It was like, mm-hmm. oh, you like the color red? I like red, too. Yeah. We friends. Yeah. <laughs> And I think as we mature and as we grow, we have we learn different definitions of what friendship is. But I want for friendship to be as easy as you like red and I like red doesn't change. And I think that's the biggest struggle point for a lot of us is like we want these deeply rooted, you know, heavy, uh, supportive, loving Respectable friendships with people, but we want it to be as easy as yo. What's your favorite color? That's mm-hmm. mine too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and I also think you know I was telling you yesterday, one of the biggest things that I've learned is not all friendships have to be transactional.
1: Yeah, yeah. I thought that was a really good point that you you brought up because of the article that I read and I can link it in the show notes so you guys can read it as well. But the article was pretty much talking about how someone lost out on a friendship with someone they had been friends with for 16 years. I think it said because at the core of their friendship, she was not allowing her best friend to be her authentic self. She had so many different requirements and expectations on her best friend, and she wanted her best friend to really be um, a clone of who she was. And the basis of our conversation started in on that because I wasn't able to go to my Leak Teals live podcast. So I was a great sister, right? wonderful sister and i sent my little brother with his girlfriend to go in place of me and that's one of the things that you brought back from the her live podcast
2: yeah you still have the notes
0: yeah yeah i still have the notes and it was really it was really crazy because that was when you first told me about the podcast, I was like, yo, I don't want to go hear about my old natural hair podcast <laughs> stuff. Like
1: because you don't listen and I did not tell you oh, yeah. that the live podcast <laughs> was about natural hair. I told you that it was about the founder of Curlbox and the only way I could get you to understand what Box was, was to explain to you that it was a natural hair subscription box. But being who you are, I think it's just being in general. You just heard what you wanted to hear, and you didn't hear the rest of it, so you went down there reluctantly, and then you had yourself a good time. So,
0: yeah, and I had—I think it was—it was, it was kind of like God. God placed me there at that specific time for a specific reason because it's like, you know, listen to her, listening to her speak. She talked a lot about, you know, some of the special guests that she had brought out before, and how this one was so special because it was a man.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So, like, I'm in this theater surrounded by all these black women, <laughs> and out comes this man. It's like three of us. It's like three <laughs> black men in in the whole room, and it's the EID of Vibe magazine. Yeah, and like just hearing him talk about some of the experiences that he had and hearing him interview her and ask her some of these poignant questions. And one of the main questions was like, as you get, as you gain success and as you level up and become a boss in your own life, what, how have your relationships and your friendships changed? And one of the things that she said was, I had to learn that my friendships are not Value based upon the transaction I had to learn that it was Okay to have Non-transactional friendships And what that means You know for some people Who don't necessarily know Because I had to you know Kind of look it up I ain't gonna lie to you (laughs) Was You don't It's okay to have friendships With people who can do Absolutely nothing for you
1: Absolutely nothing Well I'm not gonna say That they don't do anything For you I think they just serve a different purpose. Like maybe they can't help you with, and I gave you this example last night. Maybe they're not the ones that's going to be listening to your business plan. You know, they're not going to be the ones that's going to want to hear about everything you got going on. And for me, Mrs. Phenomics, for you with your podcast, they may not care anything about that. But, you know, if you need somebody that you know is going, support you and, you know, pump you up behind the scenes and be like, yeah, Nate, good job. You know, dude, that was dope. I'm proud of you or whatever. You need those types of people in your life too. People who can support you in different ways, who can love on you. People who have, a lot of times, they've been your friends for a very long time and you guys just have history with each other and you know that you may not talk to each other every single day. But at the end of the day, if you need them, they got you. And they're going to be there for you in that moment. But that's their only purpose, you know.
0: Yeah. And and it kind of made me reflect and think back on kind of like what I started the conversation with on what what I have defined as a friend has changed over time. Yeah. And it's like, I think the biggest example of that is uh, and I'm going to use him because he going to hear it anyway, because he do the editing. (laughs) (laughs) Shout (laughs) uh, (laughs) Shout out to my boy Kino. So Kino and I were like the closest of friends in the fourth grade. And I had a sleepover for my birthday and Kino left early. And it was like from that point forward, yo, me and Kino was cool, but like <laughs> our friendship changed. <laughs> yo, our friendship changed, right? So we go through school, and you know, Kino, Kino was friends with people who I would be around regularly. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like it wasn't like we weren't friends, but we was cool. And so we both go to UTC.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: and me and Keno at this point we we are maybe we probably consider ourselves like associates at this point but it was like the moment that we got the chat everything changed
3: mm-hmm.
0: like I knew I had his back he had my back like I didn't go to a college party until the Third week of school because Keno hadn't turned 18 yet and he couldn't get in none of them. <laughs> <laughs> like, so we you know, everybody else would be going to these parties and stuff. Me and Keno be kicking it in the room, listening to J. Cole type shit. Like I mean, type stuff. So <laughs> like, but as we got older, our friendship became much more than us being from the same place and being displaced in this new area right it became more about okay who can how how can you push me mm. like we had to push through classes together and the same you know college of business we had to push through different experiences that happened between us and our friend groups we had to push through you know the changes of living with each other like I lived with Kino for two and a half years right no three and a half years And like, I remember there were times when I was at my lowest, when I was living by myself and, you know, there were times when I had to choose between am I going to pay this bill or am I going to eat? And it's like my my friends made sure that I was straight, Mm -hmm. like the sacrifices that I made and the sacrifices that they made, like we all made sacrifices together. And so. I think now it's, it's kind of crazy to be in the place that we are now because it's like Kino went from being a constant part of my life to when he moved back to Nashville mm-hmm. we may talk you know directly just the two of us we may talk like once every two three months yeah I
1: talk to Keno more than you do
0: Oh, definitely. (laughs) But it's like I know if I know when something big is going to happen or when I really need counsel, I know who I'm going to call. Yeah. And it's like I think that that relationship and seeing where we've gone from, you know, being boys To now being men and the change, the different changes that our friendship, just as an example, has gone through. It's kind of shown me how friendships change based upon where you are in your life Mm -hmm. and what you need. Mm -hmm. Like if I was if if Keno would not have been my roommate during the time he was my roommate, I wouldn't have my job. Right. Because every day that I came home from work, I walked in that room And he was on Indeed. He was on Glassdoor. He was on Monster.com. He was applying for every job that he could see. And he wouldn't let me go in my room. He wouldn't let me, you know, go play the game. He wouldn't let me go kick it with the new. He would. Yo, how many jobs you didn't apply for today? Mm -hmm. I'd be like, like three or four. I'm 20 up on you. Mm -hmm. What you going to (laughs) do? What you going to do? And so I, you, you feel me? That's when I knew. Okay, I'm starting to plant. When Keno got his job, he got his job. He moving out the city. He didn't stop. Like I just get random text messages like, "Yo, how many are you up today?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> like, where you at with it?" So it's like when I got my job, he was almost more happy than I was because it was like. We remember those times when it was just us in the living room, two MacBooks, some sweet tea, and,
1: sweet
0: tea.
1: and that funky mine, dog. Mine,
0: I'm telling you.
1: No, y'all <laughs> y'all, went, y'all, didn't chill have up. a dog. Yeah, you did have it. Chill, chill out. Man, yeah,
3: we did. Yeah, we, did. Man, we not going to talk about your dog. But
0: Shout out to Dirk. Rest in peace, Dirk. You feel me?
1: That was the funkiest peeing dog I've ever seen in my life.
0: Yo, he would chill out. He was autistic.
3: <laughs>
2: that dog gets a row with him, po' thing. Man. Bless his heart.
0: <laughs> but yeah, man, it, it you know, it just kind of taught me that it's okay for relationships to change. It's right. like, I don't have to see Keno every day. Yeah. I don't have to talk to Keno every day, but I know that don't change the fact that he's still one of my closest friends.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think um, you have to have that and you have to have someone who is willing to go through the ebbs and flows of life with you in order to sustain relationships that last that long because everybody can't do that. You know, I have one of my best friends and you know her, but I ain't tell her I was going to talk about her so I ain't going to say her name because she ain't going to be cussing me out. but. We've been through ups and downs, and we've had probably a couple of years where we were cool and we were cordial towards each other, but we really weren't fooling with each other to that extent because we just had different things going on in our lives. But because I know her and she knows me, and we respect each other enough to say, okay, this is where we are, this is where our friendship is, and we've had to work on understanding and meeting each other where we are because we live two totally different lives and she couldn't expect me to live a life that matched hers and I couldn't expect her to to live a life that matched mine but I think once we got to the point where we could understand and just love each other and meet each other where we were you know I talk to her 15 times a day like it's not really a day that goes by that I don't talk to her But I know what she brings to my life and she knows what I bring to her life. But in order for us to get to the point where we are now, we had to go through those changes. You know, I went off to school. She stayed here. Um, Life changes it's just a part of it. And if you really, truly want friendships that are strong and that are deep, I think you've got to be able to change with the people in your life. Yeah. And you got to be okay when they're not who they once were for you, like who she once was for me when we were in high school and who she is for me. Now that we're in our 30s is totally different. And we both had to accept that we couldn't necessarily still be what we were back then. But who do you need me to be today? Yeah. And that will continue to change, especially. I see it right now because I am in my early 30s, you know. I got friends that are getting married, friends that are having children, and now you're entering into that period of your life where your friends are getting married and they're having children and they're starting families and so all of those different factors when they play in their responsibilities and the things that are important to them are not going to be the same for you. It's still you know you in a relationship, but you're still you're not married yet, so you're still a single. Male with no children with a career that's going to look totally different than you know, Alex who just got married and now has a wife and a home to take care of. Yeah, so when we don't have such a high expectation for people to continue to show up in our lives like they once did, and we allow them the freedom to be who they are at that moment and understand that we may have to fall back, we may have to not be so selfish and want them for ourselves because they just don't have the space for us at that point in time, because that's not the season that they're in. I think a lot of friendships would stand, you know, the test of time a little bit more if they're meant to. But I'm also a, a firm believer in that people come in your life for a reason and a season. And if God says that it's time for them to be removed, then you've got to accept and understand that as well.
0: Yeah. And a lot of times people hold on to people hold on to dead relationships and situations, especially friendships. Like a lot of times people think that holding on to dead relationships is about, you know, a relationship between you and a significant other. But oftentimes the most dead relationships are friendships that you just choose to not let go of because you're not the person you were when you fell in love with that friendship. Yeah. Yeah and it's like i know there was a time in my life where i felt like people wanted me to be friends with people more than i really ever cared to be friends with the people oh yeah yeah and so when things you know unfold and they happen and the you know they were removed from my life it's like Yo, what happened to you and such and such or why did this happen? And it's like, I mean, it happened because it was supposed to happen. hmm. And I've, I've felt that way with a lot of, you know, my. I won't say that they're not they're not my friends, but like associates that I've had throughout college. So like there were a lot of people who were there for me in times that I really needed them and they really were a resource for me. but. I was always a firm believer in finding permanent resources and temporary people. So I thank them for their resources, but I knew that they were never going to be permanent fixtures in my life.
2: That was a word, Nathan. That was a word.
0: So it's like, sometimes you have to mourn losing the person, but still being able to hold on to the resources that they help that they helped you to equip yourself with. It's like one of the best things that I ever learned was at a conference that I went to and this guy got up. He talked about, you know, he came from a single parent household. His mother was on crack. He basically raised himself Mm. main streets of New York. And now he's like a CEO of one of the major Fortune 500 companies. And he said, "The day that he decided to turn his life around and stop being sorry for himself was because he realized that he had to be a participant in his own deliverance." Right. And a lot of the reasons why he was where he was is because the people who he chose to surround himself with didn't have his best interest at heart.
1: Mm-hmm. It that same they loved him? Yeah, it's that same yeah. To the same for the sum of the the five people that you're the closest to, and I really truly believe that because as people come and go in your life, especially if they were people in your inner circle and you start to replace them with other people, because I don't believe God removes anyone out of your life without bringing someone else in. And when you can look around and you see that you are at peace and that you are, still able to achieve the things that you need to be able to achieve and you're doing it with ease. And you can go to this person and it's like, you think to yourself, man, did God send them to me during this season of my life because they're able to give me exactly what I need. And I don't think we really recognize that our needs change. So what we require of people has to change as well. And the sum of the amount of people around you really starts to dwindle down, I think, as you get more clear on what you need. Because I can have three or four close best friends, but they may not serve the need for me in certain areas that I can go get from an associate, you know, or somebody that I'm just cool with. That person is fulfilling a need for me that my friends are no longer required to do. So it helps me to be able to show up more fully in those true authentic relationships without putting so much on them to show up for me. Like I can lower my expectation and really just appreciate them for who they are and all of these things that I'm trying to get out of them because my own needs aren't being met. Now now I'm feeling my own needs Like I need to be doing Because I shouldn't be relying upon them To do that for me Now I feel more at peace in my life
0: Yeah, you you just gotta learn to be You have to be deliberate With who you allow to penetrate your energy Exactly And a lot of the times People want I, I somewhat agree with that You know you're a reflection of the people the five people you spend the most time with or that you consider the closest to you but i think for me i think you have to be careful with that thought process because i think you are the sum of the people that you surround yourself with not necessarily a reflection you're the yeah, sum I, of those
3: parts. that's
1: the part that i i got is the sum, not a okay. reflection. Yeah. Because okay. everybody in my circle don't reflect who I am. They may reflect yeah. a part of me,
0: you know. It may be I mean, cause it. you gotta have a shooter. You gotta have a shooter in in your circle.
3: You got to have <laughs> like, somebody that's gonna ride out with
0: you. <laughs> you gotta have you gotta have a shooter, you feel me? You, you know
1: <laughs> I I got, one of I got one is. of those. The thumb <laughs> pop off. I already know what yeah. number to dial. I know that number by heart. I don't need my cell phone to be able to dial that number. <laughs> yeah,
0: you got You know, you gotta have. We gotta. You gotta have somebody who is, you know, f- for me. And I, I tell, I tell a lot of people this, and they don't, they don't think about it until a situation occurs and they get faced with it. A lot of times, we want people around us who like us and who love us, right? but for me i want people who who want my best interest and have my best interest at heart around me those are the people i want my friends because yeah. you can love somebody and in that love they can't see what's in your best interest
1: right cuz they're trying to please you 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 really Instead saying of, yeah. you need somebody that has your best interest at heart To the point where they'll say you messing up right now or you not on point or no, that's not what you about or you do you really want to do this? Like, I need you to think about this. They can critique you and they do it out of love. You know, you know, they Mm -hmm. they got your best interest at heart, but they're not going to be your yes people. And I think everyone should have someone in their life that's not a yes man for them. I mean, sometimes you're like that for me because I have a grand idea, you know, and I get super excited. I'm like, Nathan, I'm going to do da 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 da. da." And you'll be like, you know what, bro? I don't know if that's really what you (laughs) want to (laughs) do. I don't know if that's really what it is. And I may get mad at you, you know, like, man, Nathan just hating. He ain't really trying to, you know, support me in this. But then I had to take a step back and say, okay. Do you want people that's gonna be yes people? Yes men, yes women all the time. You know what role your brother plays in your life. You know he's gonna keep it real with you because he don't want he doesn't want you to make a mistake that you can avoid. Yeah. And we all should have people like that, but a lot of us we can't handle the critique or the rejection of the folks that's in our lives. So we take it so personal and then we get upset with them when they challenge us. And that's when we need to be able to look in the mirror at ourselves because you can't become better if you're not okay with people challenging you. That's what makes you better. You got to be solid on how you think about things. Like If you got an opinion on something, if you can't back your opinion up with some facts and stand firm in how you feel, then, you know, you just out here talking nonsense. Or you just out here doing willy-nilly, whatever it is. Like you need to be able to be solid in how you feel about stuff. And I think having people in your life that challenge you to really make you say, okay, I firmly believe this and this is why I believe it. And if they agree or if they disagree with you, you good because you feel solid in how you Think about things. I mean, even down to politics, you and I and our parents, we've had those conversations where you've made me better sometimes because you may go against the status quo, and when you go against the status quo, you come armed with the fire. <laughs>
3: like mm-hmm. you
1: spitting facts. And so I know if I got an argument with you, when it comes to certain things, I'm like, no, I got to do my research. I got to be good to go because I know me and Nathan going to go head to head, toe to toe. And at the end of the day, we may get a little upset with each other, but I respect your opinion and you respect mine. And we can walk away saying, we just going to agree to disagree.
0: Which is, you know, which is what we've had to do before. And I think that in a lot of relationships, people don't learn to be okay with just saying, you know what? Okay. Because I think, I know for me, I've come to the realization that there is nothing that I'm going to say that's going to change somebody's mind who don't want their mind changed. If you're not open to seeing my point of view, I'm wasting my breath trying to get you to change your mind. Right. Because I can't make you do that. Nothing I can say, no matter how beautiful or well-worded it is, is going to make you change your mind unless you want to change your mind. And that's why a lot of times in relationships, when you have somebody who will challenge you or who will, you know, tell you and hold you accountable, one or two things happen. Either you don't know how to properly challenge them back to get the To get the information or the changes or the points of view that you need, or people bag down. And the big misconception is everybody who comes into your life and tries to quote unquote hold you accountable may not be holding you accountable for the right reasons. Yeah, that's true. Sometimes you do have those haters who are in your friend group who want you to be at this one particular level Mm -hmm. because. They either they may fear, hey, if you get too big or you level up too high, you may forget about me or. Yeah. OK, you doing too? you getting a little too big right now. Like, I don't really like, you know, all this attention you getting. Let me try to knock you down a few a few levels. And you just got to understand that there's a right way and a wrong way to challenge those who challenge you to see their intentions.
1: Yeah. Well, I think you got to have some discernment. You have to be able to discern the difference between, okay, this person is really for me and they're trying to help me. Or this person has some jealousy, some envy going on and, you know, I don't really need to be listening to what they're saying. A lot
2: of us don't have discernment.
0: Which goes back to, you know, your relationship. Your relationship with that person and your relationship, you know, with God
3: hmm.
0: It's like as 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 Christians, a lot of times people don't understand that the reason things seem so wild to people who believe in God or maybe not even be Christians, but they may just be spiritual. If you know what you know and you see something as crazy as somebody walking into a elementary school and killing children. You you don't process that as being normal. No, because you have you have a conscious. You right. know that there are consequences to your actions, whether they be good or bad. A lot of people and it's foreign to, you know, a lot of believers, people who don't believe what you believe. They don't have that as basic as it may seem to, to, to you know, us. A lot of people don't have a conscience. A lot of people don't have discernment because they don't have a relationship. And so when that's missing. That spirit. Is what begins to affect them and those around them. And a lot of us, if we're not careful, fall prey or victim to that spirit because Instead of trying to get the people that are around us who are like that to understand there's a different way. We either try to overchurch them Mm. or we try to, we try to overwhelm them with the power of God or Mm. we discard them and say, you know what? I'm not going to let the devil steal my joy. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. And you don't really know. It's, It's like, when you was talking about Dirk. <laughs> like, as funky as Dirk was, <laughs> as much as Dirk couldn't hold his bladder. Okay. Something was wrong with dirt. It
2: was. Yeah, he was and a sweet dog. He really sweet was. Sweet as can
0: be. Dog. As protective of a dog as I've ever seen. As, you know, smart of a dog as I've ever seen with the exception of, you know, some of the you know, peeing in the cage and laying in his But You get what I'm saying? Like, as great of a dog as I know he was, there were things that hindered him from being what I needed for him to be. Right. And we have to be able to see that in the people around us and ask ourselves, you know, hey, can I help this person or can I not help this person? And
1: sometimes it's just one of those things where,
2: the relationship has just ran its course.
1: You know, it. Yeah. you guys, you can step away from a relationship with friendships with people and you should be able to step away from them and look back and see this is what this person brought to the table for me. This is how this person showed up for me when I needed them and I appreciate them and I love them for what they brought to the table for me in that season of my life. And you don't have to hold a grudge or talk bad about them or say they're a horrible person or whatever the case may be. You can walk away with, you know, the good memories of what it is that y'all were able to do together and be cool and move on. But so many people just have such a tough time doing that because we feel like you've got to fall out with people. Like they have got to do something to you for a relationship to end. And that's not how it is. Okay. Maybe you guys really just, it's just not what it is anymore.
0: I think we, and you got to learn to be okay with both sides. Like, I've had right. relationships where, you know, literally nothing happened. It was just, you know, everything was cool last Tuesday. And, you know, it's Tuesday, we just not rocking how we used to rock. And it's, you know, yeah. it's cool. No malice in your heart. Then I've also had some situations where, like, something happened and I don't rock with, you know, I don't rock with people. And I won't ever rock with people. But... yeah that don't mean that you wish them ill or you don't want to see them succeed or you don't want them to be the best person they can be. You just know this is a person that I don't want in my life in any capacity. And once you okay with that, everybody else just got to adjust.
1: Fall in line. We talked about that yesterday too. It's uh a, Especially when you have long standing relationships and you have other people in your friend circle and in your family circle that are tied to those people. Sometimes you got to stand your ground and say, These are my boundaries. And this is how I feel at this point in time. And that forgiveness does not always look like restoration. And I think that is very difficult for a lot of people to understand. You can forgive someone and love them from a distance. It does not mean that that person still has to have a seat at the table in your life. You can forgive them and move on, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to restore that relationship. And it looks the way that it once used to look for someone to say you forgiven them. How you forgive them if you, you know, if you didn't cut them off in their eyes, you know. No, I did not cut them off. I just have forgiven them and I'm just going to love them from a distance. They just aren't a part of my inner circle anymore. And I'm okay with that. And you got to stand firm in that. People always talk about setting boundaries. You know, we're in this day and age of setting boundaries and toxic people and doing yourself care and your self work. And I'm all for that movement. But if you're going to set boundaries, you got to enforce them too. It's one thing just to say, well, this is my boundary. It's another thing for you to say, this is my boundary, and you stick to it. Regardless of how anybody else feels.
0: Yeah. And I think that comes with a certain level of emotional maturity. In
2: intelligence, it,
1: yeah.
0: It, you just have to get to that point. To where you you have to take into account what is what is going to be the best scenario for me. Not, you know, how will I look coming out of this situation?
3: How will mm. I make
0: the people around me feel? No, uh, bump all that. How will I feel and what is my response to this situation that is going to further benefit me? Like, if it don't benefit you emotionally to remain in a situation like that, don't do it. And everybody else has to just take heed. and, you know, you got to ask yourself, and this is a question I wanted to ask you. uh, I don't know how we are on time, but I see a lot of people on social media talk about, you know, if my friend don't mess with this person, I don't mess with that person either. Mm -hmm. And so what is, what is your thoughts on, that mindset and like, do you do you agree or do you disagree?
1: Uh, so I think twenty something year old Ashley would have agreed with that. Thirty something year old Ashley does not agree with that because whatever your experience with that person is is your experience with them. That doesn't mean that that's going to be my experience. And I think it comes down to what you value and. As I have done work on myself and I have learned what I truly value, especially in friendships for me, some people are loyalty people and some people are like accountability people, right? Me, I'm more of an accountability person. I'm the person who really does well with people who hold themselves accountable for their actions. If you mess up and you say, you know what, I'm sorry for X, Y, Z, I'm good with that. If I am friends with someone that my friend isn't friends with, but they say, you know, this is the situation that happened with them, but this is separate than what's happened or what's going to happen between me and you, I'm not going to say I'm going to be their best buddy. You know, it's a certain kind of line that I think that, if you're trying to be petty and be friends with that person to run back and tell somebody else, that's not what I'm talking about. But I'm saying if you have a cordial, you know, interaction with someone that your friend doesn't really mess with, then that's their situation. That's not your situation, but that's because I'm an accountability person. But if I was a loyalty person, then I can see how someone would take issue with that because they feel like you should be loyal to me if you're loyal to me, then that means you can't mess with, oh, girl.
2: You get what I'm saying? Mm
3: -hmm.
1: So I think it comes down to your values. And that's what I'm learning in my friendships now is that I have to have people in my life who value accountability. And if I do have people in my life that value loyalty over accountability, I just have to understand that it's going to be certain situations where we're just not going to agree. And I have to decide if I'm OK with them not meeting me in that space where that's truly valuable for me, because accountability is very high on my value scale. So I tend to have a lot of issues with people who value loyalty. Because I'm like, I ain't ri- I'm not going to ride or die for you just because like. <laughs> If you wrong, you wrong. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, I need you to take accountability for you being wrong or or the part that you played in this situation. If you constantly blaming other people and you don't never stop to say, you know, well, this is the role that I played. I have a very, very, very hard time with those types of people.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: What about you? Do you feel like. If you friends with somebody and they friends with someone else, then you can't be cool with them.
0: I think I got to know the situation.
1: Yeah, I, I, it's situational as well. That's what I was saying. Like, it can't be on no petty stuff. Like, they're just a, you know, a horrible human being and did some whack stuff. But if it's just over something that's, you know, a disagreement or a lot of times with women, like, you know, 10 years ago, she used to talk to my man. Girl, that was 10 years ago. I'm gonna many for you to let that go? Like, if it's something like that, that I ain't really got no time for that type of stuff. If it's something serious, if it's a character issue, I guess that's the best way to put it for me. Yeah, if it's a character, if it's a describe. character issue, and it's something that you does does not right with how you handle stuff, then I have an issue with you. But if it's subjective, you know, if it's something that's not that big of a deal just on some petty stuff then I'm not gonna care that much you know but if you got some character flaws if you just out here doing people wrong and you know maybe acting one way in front of one group and then bad mouthing people that's a character issue that's a character flaw for you I can't fool with you in that because I've had that situation probably like this last year where I had an idea of who I thought someone was and people were like, nah, they ain't like, you know, you ain't really seen the true colors yet. And then a situation occurred that I wasn't a part of, but I saw their character. Then I said, oh, okay. Yeah. I can't, I can't fool with you like that. Mm-hmm. But that was uh, how they handled the situation that I saw for myself it wasn't off of some he say she say type stuff some hating stuff you know
0: yeah Car- character flaws are things that you know I definitely will not rock with just off of if 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 I know you had an interaction with somebody and it was a character flaw I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna rock with you but I'll know, I, I'll have a sense of who I'm dealing with. It's like, I'll go into the situation with preconceived no, notions. And at that point, it's like almost, you know, is it even worth going into?
3: hmm
1: And it's situational, too, because, you know, sometimes, you know, you may need to interact with that person for whatever reason And you just don't want to go in game banging like, you know, you did this to my friends, so I ain't fooling with you. We are all adults. So you got to know how to handle yourself in those types of situations. You ain't going to like everybody and everybody ain't going to like you. But you can be respectful of people.
0: Yeah, You just got to learn that you are like, I know me. I know I'm an acquired taste. I know that I've been an acquired taste most of my life. I know how I come across. I know how people can perceive me. So, when I hear certain things about myself, about myself, or comments that have been made about me, I understand where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. And you know the people who said it. I wouldn't at this point in my life. I wouldn't hold them. I wouldn't hold it against them. But what I will say is, once you understand that you. All of us are acquired taste.
3: Yeah, I was going to
0: say. Once you get it out of your mind that, you know, everybody is is going to like you. Once you get that out of your mind and you can start kind of living in reality, you begin to understand like, yo, I don't like a lot of people.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. You know, you're not supposed to like everybody and everybody ain't supposed to like you. Uh, but I think that comes with time and with growth and with really getting a better understanding of yourself. The more comfortable you are with who you are, the more time you spend with yourself, the more. Well, I ain't gonna say it like that. The less you care about what other people think about you.
0: No, you was getting ready to say it right. The more you care about. You. <laughs>
2: I was, you know, I was going, but I'm like, I can't. I mean,
0: it's the the truth. It's like so many people are, a a lot of the reason why people don't have that gift is because people are afraid of alone.
1: Yeah, people are so scared to be with themselves.
0: There's a difference between, (laughs) like, there's a difference between being lonely and being alone. Being alone is what you need to fall in love with yourself and understand who you are and who you're becoming. You should always have peace and take solace in alone. Being lonely is something completely different. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: Being lonely, you can be surrounded by people and be lonely.
1: Yeah. That's the inner work that you got to do. And I think people, they... They have a hard time with being with themselves, especially in a a day and age of social media. You can always feel like you are. Well, you don't truly connect with everyone else, but it can seem as though you're connected to a lot of people. If you get in a, a state of loneliness, you pull up your phone and you start scrolling and you get in grain in someone else's life. And I think that's the reason why we have such a rise on, you know, anxiety and depression and suicide and things like that, because people don't have true connection to one another anymore off of the internet. And then they don't know how to be one with themselves. You know, you jump from relationship to relationship. Um, You don't take time to heal. You don't take time to really figure out what it is that you want, what you don't want and a significant other. You know, you we've been talking about friendships. Maybe you end friendships with certain people and because you're not used to not having friends to talk to, you hop in a new friendship with someone else. And, you know, we all have to take time to get to know ourselves, because how are you going to really attract what you need and what you want out of life from a job down to the person you decide to spend your life with if you
2: don't know yourself?
0: Yeah. And knowing knowing yourself is a whole lot bigger than you really think it is. Like, I remember, (laughs) I remember when I took the time to really figure out, because I always, I knew myself as other people's knew me. I knew myself and I saw myself how others saw me. I didn't really know myself. And it wasn't until... You know, I dealt with a breakup and it was like I wasn't even shaken by the breakup part. Like I was probably messed up for like two days. But after that, the emotional strain and everything that came along with that breakup, once I realized that it was, you know, karma. And once I came to terms with it was karma and, you know, it was, you know, payback for a lot of, you know, dirt and, you know, bad things that I had done in my life. I said, OK, so let me I I know what the consequences of some of my actions were when I was this person. Who am I now and who do I want to be? And when I took that time, I probably learned myself in ways that I knew I had gotten to a point where, you know, I was only going to get sharper. And I think so, that is what, a that's what allowed me to meet the person, you know, who I've been in a relationship with for the last five years because I went into that relationship saying, look, this is, I'm not looking for a relationship.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: um, and You know, I want to let you know, hey, this is what I have going on. This is my reputation. This is who I am. Mm -hmm. If you would like to continue to communicate with me and we get to know each other, cool. If not, you know, I appreciate your time. And luckily, you know, she was like, cool, because I don't want to I don't want a relationship either. And this has been my experience. And, you know, five years later as of last Saturday, you know, here we are. But I think a lot of that was because I had taken the time to really understand and really see myself for who I was. And I had to swallow the fact that a lot of the things that made me hurt the way that I was hurting was of my own doing. Mm -hmm. And once I accepted the karma because up until that point, bro, I'm going to keep it a thou out with you. I was like, okay, you know, people talk about karma, but I ain't never seen nobody, you know, get what they were asking for.
1: Well, I was going to ask you about that because I don't know if I really... I don't know how I feel about karma. I
2: don't
0: know Yo, if I can tell it you is. it's real.
1: I don't know if that's <laughs> the right word. I mean, I, I feel like you reap what you sow but I don't know. I, I'm still on the fence with the karma thing. So I I can't say yay or nay on it. It's one of those things that I think about sometimes when people say it, like, is karma really real? Or is it more like when you sow a seed, if you sow a bad seed, you're going to reap a bad seed. If you sow a good I mean, seed, you're going to reap a good seed. And so that's,
0: guess- that's essentially what it is. Karma Karma is really a... Hindu Buddhist term, so it's it's basically another religion's way of saying you reap what you sow.
3: Yeah,
0: or what you know, some country fuck would say, you know, what don't come out in the wash, come out in the rinse. Yeah, or everything you do eventually comes to light. Like,
1: but let me ask you this: so, do you feel that when you became a uh, a better version of Nathan, you are able to then attract someone who aligned with who you were and who you ultimately are today. Because a lot of times when I have these interviews and I talk to people who are single and your situation is different because I'm in it, you know, in a way. So the details of it and things like that are gonna be different than someone that I'm talking to that I don't know they're a significant other. But a lot of times I do think that when you get yourself to a certain place, you attract who you are. And a lot of times is when you are just being, not that you're not actively seeking that person, But I really do believe like people come in your life when you least expect them. If you're searching for those people and you're looking for those people, they may not always be the right one for you because you are searching. When you are just focused on yourself and you're trying to become the best version of who you are, I think you open yourself up for God to bring someone into your life when he's ready for them to come into
2: your life.
0: Yeah, I th- I think for me, that's that's definitely what it was, because I had to get myself to a point to where like my my girlfriend asked me, you know, pretty often, you know, what what keep what has kept you in this relationship or what what let you know, hey, that this is something that I wanted to do. You know, we when we have those kind of reflective conversations, and you know, my one thing was I actually I cared about her. I cared about her in a way that I hadn't ever cared about somebody it, because I had taken the time to do that work on me. And I realized a lot of the a lot of the emotional damage that I did to other women or did you know, A lot of the issues that they may have felt like I brought to their lives weren't because I was malicious with my intent and what I did, because I was always very open and honest with my intentions and what I was and was not going to do. I think the part of it that was the big hurdle was I didn't truly care about them.
1: Man, it's so crazy you said that because I interviewed Sam last night. Mm -hmm. He said the same exact thing about Ashley. And for those of you all who don't know, because we are kind of talking a little bit, we got to bring y'all in so y'all know what's going on. But Sam is my best friend and I interviewed him for the podcast. So you guys can hear that episode coming up. But when you listen to that episode, I want you to remember what he said, because he said pretty much exactly what you just said, Nathan, is that, you know, you cared about he cared about his wife more than any other woman. And you're saying that you care about Wayne now more than you have any other woman.
0: Yeah. And it was like, it was almost immediate, like, because I had gotten to the point and I don't, I don't know how much you care to hear about this. But like when she and I first started dating, I was getting ready. Well, Yeah. I met her right after we had officially, you know, found out we was going to be online. So it was one of those situations where I knew when I was faced with this, you know, doing this thing that I've been trying to do for the last, you know, at that point, three and a half years of my life. And it just kept being taken away from me or it wasn't available Now I have the opportunity and then I meet this person and it's like the old me at that point would have been like, I mean it's just another girl, my G. Like, (laughs) Go get them letters, my guy. Mm -hmm. But I did not want to hurt her. Mm -hmm. In the past, like I said, my, my intent with the women of my past was never to hurt them but i didn't really care if they got hurt in the process because how i justified it was i was very honest with you i didn't do anything different than what i said i didn't give you anything more than i said that i would give and so anything that happens after that point you are responsible for for me even though i had done all of those you know same customary things with her because that's just kind of who i am I still care. It's like if she got hurt in this process, I don't know how I would react. And so that was like that was one of the, you know, main key indicators to me like, yo, I actually like care care. <laughs> like I care about this girl. Mhm. And so that's why when things began to go the way in which they went, it was like in the past, I probably would have fought it. But once I knew that I cared about her, I was like, you know, it's no sense in me acting as if this isn't what it is.
2: I feel This has been some um, good brother-sister talk. We have talked about a lot of different things.
0: Yeah, man. I think it was good.
1: It was good. Thank you.
2: If I
0: do say so
1: myself. I mean, let's let's pat Nathan on <laughs> the back. You guys, let's give him a shout out on Instagram, on Twitter. on. Well, you don't like Facebook, nah, so don't give him a shout out on Facebook. <laughs> nah,
0: don't hit me on the book. Post, I don't even need them type of <laughs> situations in my life.
1: Well, as we wrap up, tell the people where they can find you.
0: Yo, so you can find me at yo favorite G on social media. Um, yo Y-O Favorite G. Um, also, if you kind of like what you've heard from me, uh, take that and then multiply it by like plenty of expletives and parental <laughs> advisories and catch us on Fridays at the After 5 podcast. Um, and then I do some guest spots on some other podcasts here and there. Um, but you know, that's pretty much it, man. Uh, shout out to my sister for this podcast. I remember the podcast, the idea of a podcast and its infancy and the conversations that you and I had and to see where you've gone and what, what are, what are you on? Like 18 episodes?
1: This would be episode 19.
0: Yeah. So 19 episodes, you know, like that's, that's big, you know, I'm proud of you. Uh, I've not listened to all of them. I'm not going to lie to you. I know you.
1: Uh, it's good though. We, but, we good. Cause I ain't listened to all of them after five because it'll <laughs> take me three years.
0: <laughs> but the ones that I have listened to, I've really, I've thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, I think you got something really special going on. I think you, You serve a niche audience of people who need this podcast. I think you do a lot of good with it. Um, And so, you know, keep keep doing it. Hopefully this won't be the last time uh, that I'm on. But I do thank you and appreciate you, you know, for giving me the opportunity to come onto your platform and just talk to you. So thank you.
1: Thank you, little brother.
0: Miss M- Sisternomics
1: Thanks for checking out this week's show To keep up with me, check me out on Facebook At Miss Systemomics, On Instagram at Miss.Systernomics And on the website where you can ask questions MissSysternomics.com Until next time